Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. Lock the gate! All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuckstables? What the fucking ham palace guards? Thank you uh, for suggesting that, that fellow on Twitter. I am Mark Marin. This is my show. This is WTF. I appreciate you guys being here. I'm not real sure what I'm going to say today, but that hasn't stopped me before. I am excited about our guest today, Andre Royo who was uh, Bubbles on the Wire, lives down the street from me, kind of. He's also on this uh, this new series. It's a dramatic series called Hand of God, and it just got picked up by Amazon, so you can look for that, uh, the new season of that early next year. But uh, I was uh, thrilled. I was thrilled to run into him. I actually ran into Andre at the Independent Spirit Awards, and he's a live wire, man. He's uh, electric, He's a full-on New York City. It just reminded me of when I lived in New York and just just the kind of characters you meet there. He is it, man. He is wired like that city is wired. And it was uh, pretty amazing to talk to him. His wife's got a restaurant down in Atwater that I'm I'm supposed to go eat at, but uh, I haven't yet, but I will. I will go eat there. I've added some Trippany House shows. I'm going to be doing one next Tuesday. That's October 28th. I'll be doing one November 11th and November 18th. If you guys didn't get to see me or you want to see me again or whatever you want to do, they're $8 shows. They're benefits for the theater. They are workshop shows. And you can go to trippanyhouse.org and get tickets for those. They generally sell out, so I would go get them if you want to see me. A lot of people have been coming. And like, well, I'm talking about stress for some reason, every time before I go to the Trippany house, I, I somehow get myself into some sort of state, man. And I don't do this with all shows, but I, and I don't want to be one of those guys that thinks I have to be crazy in order to perform. But for some reason, before I go to the Trippany house, I, you know, there are eight o'clock shows. I will drink about a half a pot of coffee at 7.30, I will get into my car, I will you know, jam out on like loud music that gets me amped up, and by the time I get to the tripping house, I'm over-amped, I'm aggravated, my, my heart is clenched like a fist, but open. It's weird. I don't know if, you, if you've ever had that feeling where your entire body is tight, but your heart is open. It's almost like, well, I can't close my heart, but my body's ready to snap shut at any moment. And, and it seems like a lot of my better performances come from me working back from a tremendously stressed out state. 
And I know people have suggested meditation for me. You know, last uh, on Monday, Martin Starr suggested maybe I'd get into Buddhism. But I don't like what do you learn? What is why quiet it down? Why should I quiet it down? Why people are like, you got to, you know, move through the distractions, get rid of the distractions. Just listen to your breath. Close your eyes, sit, sit and breathe. But what is the big realization? I mean, usually I don't try to meditate until I'm whacked out of my mind. And then I'm just sitting and breathing and, I'm, you know, it's, it's panicky. I'm almost hyperventilating. That's not meditating. But I can definitely feel something when I hyperventilate. I mean, I can feel myself getting dizzy and I'm like, this is really good. That's not meditating. That's panic. Huh. I, I guess I'm just copying to the fact that, uh, you know, I need to electrify my mind in order for it to fire on, on, on all cylinders and get my imagination going. Because last night was a spectacular show. But... Here's something that I, I, I've recently become aware of, and I just want to give some of you people a heads up. And you know if I'm talking to you or not, and if I'm not talking to you, whatever, listen or don't. Figure out whether or not you're addicted to sadness. Figure out whether or not you're addicted to tragedy. Figure out whether or not you're, you're addicted to maintaining a victim's disposition. I guess what I'm saying is I talked to my father, and uh, you know we're talking and everything's, everything's fine, but, you know, I literally have to talk him out of some sort of pit of despair whenever I talk to him, which is OK. But I have to I have to fortify myself before I call him because it's at this point, you know, with your parents, it's weird because I know that I'll call my father and he'll go, hello, and I'll go, hello, and he'll go like, you don't sound good. What's up? I'm like, what are you judging on? I It was a greeting. Don't I'm not taking the bait. But we had a nice conversation. But then I realized that that sadness is compelling and, and self-pity is compelling because it's consistent. You know, it's weird. Happiness is fleeting. Positivity takes a lot of energy if it's not your natural disposition, which it isn't for most people. And you can be one of those people if you want. But the idea that weird, warm heat, that that sort of deep heat of defeat is something consistent. It's deep down in you. Because we know that's what you get from meditation. It's not defeatedness, but it's the awareness that, that this is all temporary. But the truth of the matter is there's nothing more consistent and easily tapped into than that feeling of sadness. And you know, one of the, the symptoms of this is like how much you, like my father, we have a, a big, long conversation about how I'm doing. I'm saying I'm great. He says he's okay. And then like, I guess it was going too well because he goes, oh God, man, you know, I was about to hang up and he's like, yeah, the world is, it's ending. It's ending. The world's ending, you know, ISIS and global warming. And like, it's just this litany, this list of things. And I'm like, why are you doing that to yourself? You're not an ISIS target necessarily. I know you think the world to yourself, but that's not it. But what I realized in that moment is that there's a, you know, for a lot of people, sadness, tragedy, paranoia, and the pain of defeat is is steady it's right there under the surface at all times on an existential level so it's the easiest thing to tap into and i would say if you could and this is just me giving you a heads up because i'm giving myself a heads up it's not i don't want you to be apathetic and i don't want you to avoid things but try to put things in perspective and decide what is really within your control what you can do something about and what you're getting out of that sadness what are you getting out of it I mean, it does separate you from the pack because you're the buzzkill guy, you know, and you don't want to be that guy. Or you're the guy that's sort of like, oh, everyone's got to struggle to be around you 
because you're uh, inconsolable. Inconsolable over what? What's your problem? I Well, you know, I'm inconsolable over being alive. Because if you have that disposition, no one's going to make you feel better, right? So what is your agenda in life? To drag other people down to your level, and that's when you feel better. When you finally get somebody to go like, oh my God, yeah, it does suck. And you're like, right? Okay, I'll see you later. Jesus Christ, try to avoid that. Would you? I'm trying. You try. I hope I didn't do it to you during this monologue. I really do. If I did, I'm sorry. All right, man. Are you are you ready to talk? Are you ready to are you ready to talk to the man behind bubbles on the wire? That is one of the best characters ever on television ever. So uh, strap in, man. This Andre Royo guy can uh, he he's electric, man. All right, let's talk to. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts andre andre royo yeah what now what that's not i guess uh because i i would think that if it if it's spanish but no yes it's a, it's a sore it's a sore spot in, it is in my on my whole cuban side of my, my life that, it's a sore spot that i can't i can't Speak Spanish. I can't roll my R's. Yeah, I can't do that. And you got an R issue? I have an R issue, yes. What's your R issue? I can't roll it. I got a fat tongue. Oh, so you, it's just... Ladies, a- I have a fat tongue. <laughs> yeah. Put it out there. Put it out there, you know. So you just, like to me, you're a personification of New York City. Yes, I am a personification of New York City. Is that the acting or the voice? Just you. Just m- my embodiment. Like when I ran into you at the Independent Spirit Awards, yeah. like it was just sort of like, what? New York's wandering around. <laughs> yes, somebody, I was. So, I, somebody I got, take care of New York. Yeah, somebody take, make sure he has a pass. Because you know New York. He's walking around and going into the Jameson tent. There's a problem. But you moved to, you live down the street from me. I do. I live uh, in Highland Park right next to this big ass uh I think high school. How'd you? Why the fuck would you move? That, then you got to deal with the bells. I like. You know what? I was just. I. I got. I got hypnotized in South Pasadena, where everything was was about the farmers yeah. market every Thursday, and yeah, I was like, yeah. "Yo, I'm not ready. I'm yeah. not ready to sign. I'm not ready to punch in my clock and say, okay, 'Okay, I'm done.' Yeah. I just want to rock and chair yeah. and fresh organic oranges. I, yeah. I wasn't ready. Well, it's not. It's a. It's a little bit of a, a sort of a quiet middle class life in Pasadena. I mean, it's beautiful. You need some grit. I, I can tell you. I need a little bit. I need a little bit of New York grit. That, yeah. And somebody told me, yo, let's go go to drink. Go have a drink at Johnny's. Yeah. And I was like, oh, sure. Johnny's, that sounds yeah. kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. Let's go to Johnny's. Right. It reminds me of Louise side right. a little bit. It does, right? Yo, that chunk of York, I never really thought about yeah. it. 
because it just started happening. Yes, but I, like, that's, I, that's what I heard. But I lived on the Lower East Side. But if I really thought about it, those two blocks—the you know, one with the coffee shop, Johnny's—and yeah. it, it's a little Lower East Side. Little, I mean, little, very little. But if you go back to New York, there is no Lower East Side. So this I is what I got it's left. Gone. Yeah, it's gone. I think that's that's another part of the world. I just, I'm, another part of my memory that is, is fucked up. But the weird thing is, when people compare stuff to New York, even when they compare it to like it's like New York, it's not because no. even if it's a block, you know, maybe the block looks like that, but you feel the weight. Yes. and the yeah. Energy in New York. Yes. Where'd you grow up exactly? I, I grew up in the Bronx in uh, Boston Road, Fifth Avenue. Um, but most of my growing up, uh, as far as into manhood, was yeah. probably Low East Side. You know, really A, a and B, C and D. Get the fuck seven. out of here! Yeah, it was kind of crazy. How old are you? I'm now I'm 45. You're 45. I'm yeah. 50. Yeah. Well, you look good for white people age different. So you look good for 50. I don't know what you're doing. It must be the five months hit it and quit it. Because you look good for 50. Because I went back to my high school reunion and 50 fucks white people up. They yeah. look like they just melting. They just look like it's all melting so, into their belly. Something gave up. Yes. Yeah, so they, you, you look good for 50. Congratulations. But like I have questions about that that type of that area. Cause I lived on I lived on second between A and B. Yep. 1989 to 91. Okay. Now, right. wait, so I what, wasn't there yet. You weren't there yet? I wasn't there yet. I graduated in 86, and I thought, you know, I had I brainwashed my family into believing that I would do good in school if I left all this distraction of New York City. So I went to school in Florida, where it was bikinis and fucking just even more of a mess in West Palm Beach, where I got a black man got the real experience of spring break. And so I got a .73 average and had to get the fuck out of there. .73? Yeah, uh, that wasn't good. It was that's just, commendably bad. Yes, yes. I was, I was all in. I was all committed. To the, the bikinis, but we're like in the Bronx. So, like, pay, you know, pay me a picture of that. I mean, what was your family like? You got a bunch of brothers and sisters? Uh, no, only child, only and, child, only child, only child. And it was a very interesting uh, experience that I can reflect on and realize. Wow, I I kind of stood out without knowing it because uh, my mom and dad were together. Yeah, and we lived in a little. Two two story private house. Yeah, in the Bronx, next to the Hillside Projects, and I realized that I felt you know regular, but I was looked upon as kind of rich. Oh, really? Because everybody house? Was living, yeah, house. Everybody living in the projects, and mom and dad were together. Like yeah. most of my, all of my friends were either living with their dad, yeah. or living with their mom, right, or being raised by their grandparents. Yeah, yeah. So I would come home from school, and half the neighborhood would be in my house, just looking at my mom and dad like, "This is, this is the <laughs> leave it to Cleaver. This is it. Look at how this motherfucker's living." And it kind of helped me because yeah. you know when I would try to get, you know, I'm a little nerdy dude, you know, glasses, braces. Are you really? Around. You yeah. were a nerd. I was a nerdy dude, but. They kind of looked out for me in the neighborhood because yeah. I, they saw me living with my mom and dad. When I tried to get into dirt, yeah, the, the, they were like, "Nah, man, get the fuck, get the fuck <laughs> off the block. Go home to your mama. You're going to private school. Yeah. We're gonna make sure you make it. Let us sell these drugs. We don't yeah, need your we, help. We got we, you. We, yeah. <laughs> and when, my, when my mom came down the street, they were hide the like, hi, hi, Mrs. Royal. How you know, Mrs. Royal? Or they call her Mama Drugs because yeah. really, if somebody a young cat was like selling drugs, yeah. when my mom walked down the block, yeah. they fuck them up. Like, okay. you see her walking? That's mama drugs. Yeah. Don't you? let her, don't sell, because they like to hang out at the house. Oh, right. So they didn't want that bad, you know, they didn't want that they, bad. They like the family atmosphere, yes, and they yes. didn't want to fuck that up. They didn't want to fuck that dealing. up, yes. But, uh, so what, so what'd your dad do? Uh, my dad uh, had a couple of clothing stores in uh, Harlem. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. T's, Ebony Fashion. So he, 
he was like an entrepreneur and he would come home and bring I mean, talk about a nerdy kid looking like Little Caesar. Yeah. I had the floor shine wingtips. <laughs> I had the double breasted suits. I had and, and the I, glasses. And the glasses, you know, and I was like, nick, nick, hey, hey, guys, come on. I had the Piacadan, like, you know, yeah. ties, with yeah. matching handkerchiefs. So I would go to school and the teachers used to be a little jealous. Like, you dress better than we do. Your dad took care of you. He took care and of me. And what did your mom do? My mom at that time. Um, she was working at Albert Einstein. She was an accountant. Uh huh. Oh, working in the building side. You know, I don't, I don't really know what she did. I just know that she was home by six. I was a latchkey, so I would come home and just let myself in. So from three to like six, I was home by myself. Yeah. And that was like another thing that the neighborhood loved because my house was empty. <laughs> they watched TV. I had room. like the, I had the short stay hotel in my house. I used to charge <laughs> people to go in the room, bang it out a little bit, and leave me some money. So and cook, I used to cook them steak em sandwiches. Remember steak em sandwiches? Sure. Steakums. I, I used you to cook did, them steakums sandwiches. It's like a little, Philly cheesesteak. That's right. Yeah. I used to cook that, and when they came out the room, I would feed them. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Was, your buddies, though. It was my short stay. A, yeah. little, a little bit of money, and yeah. it was a hotel. Oh, that's sweet. But uh, it's, it's sweet. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so which side's Cuban? I'm my father. Your father's Cuban? Mm-hmm. And how now? How how far have you? How many generations are in in the states? Uh, well, he he his parents were in Cuba. Really, so he was born here. I never talked to some of a Cuban background. A Cuban You're not talking to one now because I don't know anything about it. I had a choice between Menudo and New Edition when I was growing up, and I went New Edition. So, so you're not talking to one now. But trips back to Cuba. Uh, one trip when I was four. I don't remember any of it at all. Does you, you still got people there? or No, I, I believe so. My father just went back maybe about a couple of years ago and was looking for some relatives. He so he so he, I think he found some in the hills somewhere. But it was just different. <laughs> it was just different experience. Like I would love to go back now before they turn it into Disneyland. But uh, that's I, the fear. Like people want to go back to the the the. the they want to go now before the, the it's decrepit just charm yeah, of yeah. of lack of maintenance. That's right. They don't want to the McDonald's there. Yeah, they don't want to right, see IHOP. Right. Yeah, you know. But you know, it was just weird. My I don't speak Spanish. I don't dance. My father was a, apparently was a famous dancer. Really? Uh, apparently. I, apparently, when I when I hung out with him and we would go to like nightclubs when I was at that age. Yeah. You know, they would slap me in the back of the head like your father used to dance with three, four women. But blah, blah blah blah, he could dance oh, yeah. his ass off. And I had to wait for the little hip hop section to come on, <laughs> and then I danced. And they would look at my father like, "What the fuck did wait, you do? Why did you turn? The, how come you didn't train the kids? Yes, that's right. You didn't teach that's them anything? Nothing, nothing. The Span- you know, speaking Spanish, it was hard because you know, mom ran the household. Oh, she did. My dad was the enforcer. But my mom was like, you know, taking care of everything. So English was more prominent. Right. So, you know, and then I, you know, go outside. Did your mom better. speak Spanish? Only Cállate la boca. You know, Cállate, shut the fuck up or go give me some dinero. Oh, so, so he, your father just got trained. He yeah, got yeah, trained. That's yeah, right. Man. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you can got... have the woman, but she's not going to speak your language. Yeah, yes, so get yeah. up to speed. Yes. My father wanted to name me Carlos, and that didn't, <laughs> that didn't work out. But that, that's good, because Carlos Royo, that can't speak Spanish, <laughs> yeah. that would have been devastating. No, that's a lot of pressure. That's, that's Yes. <laughs> but I'm gonna, I think I'm going to take it now. I think I, I, made, I, made, a, I made a pledge to my good dad. Good luck dad. with that. Is it harder, you think? I, I have no aptitude for it. I mean, if you got a feel for it, then maybe you'll how be do you, all right. How do you know? Have you tried speaking I, a different I'm language? I'm shitty with grammar and English. Yeah, I'm still working on English, too. Yeah, because but like a lot it's of the it, enunciation that I have a problem with. But, but, it, but it's like a, a lot of it is, uh, you know, tenses. Yeah. So like everything changes. Like I think if you have a fundamental understanding of grammar and you 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 kind of have a handle on language and yeah. I mean maybe you can do it. I don't know that I really tried. It just uh-uh. seemed like a, I just well, I just got back from Berlin, mm-hmm. right? It's my first time. What in were you Berlin. doing there? I was working on this uh, project. This director wanted to do a TV show and wanted to shoot a teaser, and um, just hanging out in Berlin. 
or I guess you know you experience it if you travel abroad a lot. But yeah, everybody speaks like three languages, four languages. America, yeah. we just like this. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, English is all we needed, so fuck off. But and we'll wait for someone to speak English. Yeah. Like, no, I can't. When are you gonna? Yeah. You fix it. You yeah, change yeah. it. So yeah. I feel, I feel a little. You know, as I get older, I know I'm about to kick the bucket soon, and I just feel like it's it's ignorant that we did not explore and learn like at least two three languages well, I, I think it's a little uh yeah it, i think it, it is sort of ignorant but it also has to do with the public school system what are you going to do i i think that by nature of the intimacy of europe and these people are traveling from country to country right, they right. probably have friends in other countries mm-hmm. and sometimes the languages are not that different that's right they kind of like they just pick they it embrace up embrace it yeah they, they don't think yeah. about it here it's like well you know like true. i say we're in la we're traveling really <laughs> two blocks is all mexican i know like, yeah. blocks, so we can do it too but we just like fuck you speaking it gets it gets it gets late in the game is it harder than the- i don't know try it man well you can get the rosetta stone shit you can get i got the rosetta to- stone i'm gonna go to pay the three thousand dollars to do berlitz or whatever that you are i'm gonna do it i'm gonna because at least i gotta look at my dad like hey i gave it the effort <laughs> like so if i don't speak it now i can at least say dad i tried well even if you know you learn some things yeah even uh, if you don't know it i'm gonna say his eulogy will be in spanish yeah i'll give him that i'll give him that on, his, on his, i'll give him his wings and, and speak badly pronounced spanish yeah, you're gonna go yeah. out of your way to stumble Spanglish, Spanglish, yeah. yeah. A Spanish eulogy. Yes. I like this idea that you're a nerdy kid and you're 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 looked at as a little uh higher than the rest of them, but they're not they're not beating up on you because that. No, they because just, they they like your parents and they Yeah, like, they like my parents. They like me walking around with your floor shine and double-breasted suits. They were like, "Yo, you just you you just you straight out of our fucking TV." You're like, you're, "What are you?" I mean, you know. Your character. I was a character and they and they really kind of protected me. They really kind of What does that mean? Like what you you mean you just want to go along with some shit? You like, like yeah, like I wanted to hang out all night in the corner and yeah. like drink a 40, mix it with the fucking pina colada yeah. bottles and James and yeah. drink, they're like no drink water <laughs> no go to the store get us some sundews and get us a bag of chips and then take your ass home we, we got a lot of hope on you kid yeah. you, 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 it's all riding on you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 You, it's you, KRS-1 yeah. and Andre Royal let's go <laughs> so like, we only get one of those every once yeah, in a while that's right and that's you, right. we voted you the guy it was it was really it was it was amazing it was amazing and like even you know the, well what the, kind of shit was going on really right there um, this I get you know from from my point of view growing up it's just regular kid stuff you know right. a couple of shootings couple of couple of gang bangers you know <laughs> one girl was burning everybody in the neighborhood they made they made sure I didn't sleep with her like she was hot I was like the first double D's I ever saw in my life going I'm like this I want her and they would pull me over like you stick your dick in her and it explode we're not we're not allowing so you. burning means you're giving everybody the clap STD yeah clap uh, the syphilis all of it she had all of it like she had everything but it wouldn't stop nobody because you get really fucked up enough you're like I'll try maybe it happens maybe it'll skip me yeah 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 maybe maybe if I go anal it won't affect me that's how that's how we thought we were young. That's a pretty logical, I guess. Well, everybody thinks they're going to be the ones that can avoid it. Like, yes. not everybody gets it. Yeah, there's some, somebody has to be clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody's going to get lucky. Yeah, and we had somebody. We had somebody's mom who. Uh uh, was a nurse, so she used to have the penicillin pills. So we, is that true? Yeah, we had somebody. Somebody's mom was a nurse, and we would just go there and get like, uh, "Can I get some penicillin pills?" Is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So everybody, like, we were yeah. thinkers. <laughs> It was corporate America in the hood. We knew how to fucking solve problems. <laughs> so you're a pretty good student in high school, though, right? No. No. 
No, because <laughs> no. I just took everything, you know, I took everything for granted. Yeah. I, you know, again, I went to an all-boys school. My, like, my mom and dad did whatever they had to do and uh, got me into the school, Mount St. Michael Academy. Yeah. And they took me on, a, like, a Sunday. Yeah. And I walked in. I'm looking at this campus, three football fields, two baseball fields. It looked like a castle. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I got there. I signed up. The, the, the principal was like, yo, your parents, you ain't got the grades, but your parents... Your parents love you, and you got the look, you fucking nerd. What's wrong with you? You look like you could be Bill Gates, or he wasn't around, but you yeah. look like you could be this, uh, a, you know, a small kid. And I went there on a Monday trying to save a seat for a girl and yeah. found out it was all boys yeah. and lost my mind. You didn't know? I didn't know. They oh. took me on a Sunday, and they, they, they wanted to sell the image. That was a deal breaker. That was a de- no, it was, it was a deal breaker as far as, okay, now it's my turn to pay back. I'm not doing nothing. I'm not, I'm not. Did, did you have to wear an outfit? No, we just had to wear, I mean, it, it, it was, it was, picture perfect for me because there was no uniform but you just had to wear a suit mm-hmm. oh, you know like a tie so you had suits I had suits for days I told you the teachers was like who is this walking in looking like the dean who is this little motherfucker and I you know and I was doing good until certain things needed effort like I was good in math until it became algebra and then I didn't know why they had letters and numbers I have no idea like I don't know why you had you told me I was, one's alphabet one's numbers why are you mixing them yeah, one A plus one B means somebody <laughs> dropped the scrabble board and I don't know what's going on and uh, I just didn't I didn't, and this is, I guess, a part of where I'm growing up and my friends, I did not see what being good in school was really going to evidently bring right. to me. Yeah. Everybody was doing, you know, construction, working, bringing, starting their own business. Yeah. Going to the army or selling drugs. Yeah. So there's nobody there that was like, you know, I graduated a magnum cum laude. Right. Know? Everybody was like, go to school. That's, you know, three hours of you to do something else. But college was necessarily, but that's usually the thing you're thinking is like college. You're going to go to college. Well, you, go, you know, when you start high school, about the 10th, 11th, 12th grade, that's yeah. when they hit you up with the, where are you going to go? Yeah, where are yeah. you going to go? Yeah. Are you ready? Are you prepared? you want to yeah. do it? And I'm like, no, I just, I want to be an actor. And act, when you say acting, they just don't. They don't question how to do it. They just yeah. say, "You sure? Yeah, you know. A, I mean, that's, that's a hard one. I mean, yeah, that's, that's crazy talk, right? No, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not gonna make it, and that yeah. just motivated me. Like, what do you, you know? When did you decide you wanted to be an actor? I, I decided. I decided, like I would say, probably around twelfth grade, eleventh, yeah. twelfth grade. I decided I wanted to be an actor, but didn't know what that meant. Right. Like I didn't know. Everybody I, wants to be an actor at I, some I, point. I mean, I didn't know what, what, how to get there. Yeah, and I was college wasn't an, an, an ideal aspect. That was where you had to study. Yeah, but acting is fun. It's right. playtime. So right. I would, I would hang out in like Manhattan and just try to be discovered, like walking around up and down fucking Soho with a suit on. Like, <laughs> come on, come on. I heard about it. I go to Ice Cream Parlor. Come on, I know. I heard the stories. You find motherfuckers, so find me. <laughs> and it didn't happen. And but then, when, when did you go down the Lower East Side? When were you living there? So you, you went to college. I went to college for two years. Came Florida, what for? West State? Palm Beach, Florida. What was the school? It was a, a school called Northwood Institute. And your parents were just sort of like, we're going to get you in somewhere. You did already. You no, know, they just they did. They paid the money. They bought the they bought the uh, the shit I was selling. And said yeah. that if I go there, it was an automotive dealership school. Right? What? It was a, it was an automotive dealership. How the school. fuck did you land on that? Because it was the only school that first took me, <laughs> and and second. They had a quota. They was like, you know, we need like I was like seven black people, and I was one of seven <laughs> for auto dealership school. I mean, I took that was their main thing. I took business. I took advertising, but their main crux of the school was automotive was was big big dealerships teaching their kids how to take over the business. So I'm hanging out with kids that have Testarossa. What, what was that car called? The Testarossa. Oh, yeah, Testarossa. Testarossa. Yeah. The Porsche. They're being all these dealerships. So every kid. Everyone, I've never heard of this. 
I never heard of a school that, that, that the that focus was car dealership. Yeah, that's what it was. And I was, I was, yo, I was the honor student for, for a little while because that one teacher teaching business was like, you know what? You dress really sharp. <laughs> and you, that's already and, Mark. And you get that, high that, marks. That was, my, that was high marks. Just appearance sells. Yeah. Look the part, be the part, motherfucker. <laughs> like, you know. They thought you meant it. They you thought, could, I, they thought I was serious. You showed up with your suits. Yeah. You're like, this yeah. guy is going to be good. He's going to be big. Now he's quota and he's good. Yes. But then they, they didn't tell me that the girls would go to school with bikinis mm-hmm. and, you know, get ready to go to you know the beach and all yeah. that and that that that, that tore me it. up that tore me up because then also the girls were like looking at me and i had a buddy of mine that i convinced to go with me and they were looking at us like you know is it true <laughs> like is it true what they say about well, well come on let me talk to you about it or i hate my dad you yeah, know what would piss sure. him off yeah i do know we'll piss him off and i'm you willing know. to be available i'll take that. care of that revenge <laughs> and that was you know that 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 really really it, you had a destroy- good time. It, I, I had a great time. It destroyed yeah. my, you know, collegiate uh, adventure. But you, but, helped, but you helped a lot of girls. I helped a lot of girls, and it taught me. It prepared me. Now that I think about it, it prepared me when I came back. Yeah. When I went to Soho, when I finally started hanging out in the Soho area, I wasn't blown away by, you know, how how different the race was and the whites was, you know, accepting blacks and money and all. But that. but New York never really felt that way to me. You felt that. I mean, well, yeah, in the hood, yeah, in the hood, you know. Well, that, well I would go to Allenton Avenue and get chased by some Italians. Like, get the fuck out of here, monkey! Like, right, you would feel it, right? But it 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 was it was just growing up. Right, it wasn't like oh, right. Oh my God! It was like, don't doesn't everybody go through this? Yeah, like, you yeah, know, yeah, it yeah, was, yeah. It didn't stand out as wrong. Right, stood out as you know what neighborhood to go to, you know what not to. And you go in that neighborhood, then you're wrong. Right. They're not wrong. You're the asshole for going in there. But Soho sort of like a walkthrough neighborhood. Soho was just it's about money. Yeah, it, uh, we don't care what race you are. What are you doing? Yeah. Why are you standing out? And you, you're here for a reason. And if you look good, that means something. That means that, you know, you, so, you, right, so you, you get a come, pass. You come back from Florida. Like, let's say 91. Because I came back, I was doing construction with my dad. And he was, you know. What happened to the clothing store? I, you know, at, you know at, that, at one point, you know, <laughs> it just it was over. It, you know, <laughs> It's gone. It's just gone. And uh, he started doing construction, which was bigger money. I mean, I was making $22 an hour. Well, he was contracting? He was doing laboring. You know, oh, cement laborer. I was, I was local 6A. Cement labor and it was it was great. Like twenty. So he was a union guy. Union guy. Yep, yep. yep. Wow, that's a big shift from entrepreneur to cement guy. New York City, baby. <laughs> you know how it is, New York City. You can make it happen. <laughs> you bump into jobs. You bump into a whole new life. If that's can... the one thing I've always noticed about New York. At any hour during the day, at any hour, your morning, noon, or night, in the middle of the night, there's always a guy in a hole working on something. Something. Something needs to get done. <laughs> yeah. Something needs to get done. Something's broken yeah, yeah. in the in the guts of the city. That's right. You don't know. Yeah. With the daytime, you know, movies, they don't know how they live. Yeah. If we don't do what we do. I love that about New York, though. Yeah. There's always a dude, you know, like yelling at a guy yeah. with that hard hat In the on. subway? In yeah. The subway, but they're just like, everywhere. Four o'clock in the morning, you'll see that one guy with rats around his Yeah. Fucking, I've like, never felt safe anywhere, really. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I, like out here, it's Because there's no isolation. No, that's it's, right. It's always people around. You just walk outside and you're yeah. part of it. Yeah. So so early nineties, you go to the Lower East Side. You got a friend. I got a friend, and his girl is going to an acting school called HB Studios. And I say, "Can I go with you?" And I walk over, and we go to the school, and I'm looking, and you know, it's one of those you know schools where you know they got, everybody got a room, and they're taking you know they're doing monologues, yeah. doing classes, and I'm sitting around like, "Oh, this is this is where you go, I guess, when you want to get started." Instead of me walking up down the block, <laughs> waiting for somebody, waiting for somebody to, to pick did me. You, did you have pictures or anything? I no, I had no pictures yet. It was just like you know, I didn't know what to do. I was like, "Discover me, let's go." Um, and then you know, that's that started. I, I signed up for class there, and all of a sudden, you just surround yourself 
with that energy. I was doing plays. I was talking to other actors. But the, uh, but the Lower East Side, like at that time, like Giuliani had already come in, right? So that yeah, he came so in. But they had were, a lot of theaters. Yeah, like off, 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 off. Broadway. Right, but there was a lot of cops around. Where were you living? I was living. The first place I lived was third between A and B, right next to the cop station, across the street from uh, Mama's Kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, yeah. No, not Mama's Kitchen. It was just a park. Mama's Kitchen was on fifth. I loved Mama's Kitchen. Mama's Kitchen was great. Everything tastes like garlic. Yeah. But, but it was like he was like running a catering business in a in a in a, in a restaurant. In a yeah. Storefront, yeah, and you could go and get all this whole, like kind of comfort food That's and right. shit. The, I the, love that the place. Mac and cheese, mac the mats, the stream beans, yeah. the roasted chicken. Yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah, I, I wonder what happened to that. It didn't. It didn't stay it's open. N- it's an NYU cafeteria now. It probably. is. I don't know. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> NYU. Bought everything. everything. Yeah. But so you were living down there because I'm just trying to like, connect my memories because it was just fucking heroin everywhere yeah. when I was saved the there. robots. Oh yeah, yeah. I was. I lived right around the corner from that. I used to live upstairs from Delia's. You know. Dealing. Yep. Yeah. So you know, and then I will. Great go neighborhood. To, great neighborhood. I mean, heroin, women. <laughs> but they were redoing the park when you were there, like because Thompson I, Park. Yeah. It was. Yeah. They were redoing the park, and it was, they, I just missed that. I just missed the protest. That whole big thing. I was yeah. there for that. See. Yeah. Yeah. The crazy. The squatters were pissed. The That's people right. that lived in town. They had enough. Yeah, yeah. And there was a lot of action. Yeah. But Giuliani just crushed everything. We had the squirrels on crack. They used to attack the people. I mean, <laughs> crack squirrels. Crack squirrels was crazy. Uh, and all the squatters. I know squatters must be mad now because I was just thinking about that squatting and illegal sublets just turned into Airbnbs. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean they just make a way. Why do these make a way to make you know make money, make it corporate? Well, I don't recognize that neighborhood anymore and I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing but certainly all that it's grip different. It, it's, different it's different because yeah. everybody who was sort of like they moved everybody who lived in New York out of New York and uh, in a weird way the people that they, that, didn't, they didn't move them they kicked them out <laughs> they kicked they, them out they drew the line if you cannot afford it that's Get right, out. but it's sort of sad. That's the yeah. saddest part about it. It's like yeah. you could always see people that you know still had rent control apartments and yeah. still had you know subsidized gone. housing gone. that were sort of integral to the way the city felt. Yeah, and now it's like it's no, gone. no one, they're all gone. Where the hell yeah. they live in Staten Island, Brooklyn, they, wherever? They, they, well, Brooklyn's getting turned out. Yeah, and, and the Bronx is getting turned. Where the hell are the people that, I, I, that run the city going to live? We, I think we're eating. We're eating them. Soil, we're eating the people. Soil and green. Soil yeah, and green. That's right. But, um, but I, like, I always tell people. I always tell people now when I'm hanging out and talking. They say, "Yo, you know, do you miss New York?" And I just tell. Them, I say, "I miss New York most when I'm in New York because right. that New York doesn't exist anymore. It's weird, the New York that right? we know. It's weird, right? It's, it is weird. It's 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 it's, it's yes, yeah, weird, sad. It's I, I, sad is wrong because I know, you know. I'll gen- the next generation, like my daughter and all that, they're going to experience a New York that we don't know. And I guess our parents said the same thing to us. So, you know, it's, but were it's you different. But were you ever you ever a party guy, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nels, The yeah. World, oh, MKs, Nels. Rex. I mean, I had Nels one is the, the best. I, well, it, was, it wasn't really my thing. No, okay. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, I was never a club guy because I was doing comedy. But I met a dude. I went to Nels once for whatever fucking reason. I don't even know why I met. I went uh-huh. there. I ended up having one of the worst nights of my life, smoking cocaine uh-huh. with some uh-huh. dude I met at Nels <laughs> yeah. who said he was in advertising. Uh-huh. So I ended up at his apartment with these two girls, and he's basing. Thank God you put the girls in the story because I got nervous for you. Oh, no, yeah, no. <laughs> the girls were there, but I didn't. Yeah. He, yeah. he was using me. Like to to get you know to I don't know how it, I just remember there was something creepy about it <laughs> yeah. like you know I was still using so it was yeah. crazy he's like you think you get those girls to come with us I'm like yeah, yeah. Well, he's got cocaine I'm, <laughs> I'll make you laugh I'll make you laugh um, yeah see, I that's what's great about those clubs in, in in New York were you know there's so many different experiences yeah, yeah. I didn't have that experience yeah but. You can see it. Like, yeah. I, I look at you and I just, that motherfucker's fucked up. Yeah, he's in he's trouble. Gonna, he's about to get turned out. <laughs> that dude about to get turned out. That dude, he don't know he's talking to a girl right now. He has no idea. He's about to grab some balls right now. Watch this. Uh, you know, yeah. And everybody had a different experience because 
just the energy and so many people were there. I guess, you know, our parents had Studio 54. I guess so. We had Studio 54. If Studio 54 blew up, yeah. it was Nels, The World, MK. It wasn't never just one place. We had so many. But that was part of your life. That was part of my life. Running around. Running around. Then I, just, I became a doorman for a club called the Cheetah Club. I remember that place. And it was big. That's when, that's when hip-hop was in the full explosion. Right. And black people just had a lot of money. Every hip-hop guy had a lot of money. And yeah. the Cheetah Club, every Mondays. Where was had, that? That was on 21st between Broadway and maybe... So you work in the door every Monday? What I, was, I was the guy. I was the guy like this. You can come in. You Oh, you got to change what? your clothes. You got to change your clothes. Get out. Your girl can come in. And I used to get... Your girl can come in. Your girl in. can come in. We'll take care of her. But you, really? You can come in. Go, go, what go. Was it, what, what was the criterion? Uh, uh, had to, uh, for single guys, if a guy was coming, he had to come with at least three or more girls. Or we yeah. can't let him in. Or, you know, girls can always come in if they, you know, if they're looking hot, they look yeah. sexy. And, you know, the ballers, you know, all the Nick players would come, yeah. Puffy and all those guys would come. This was the point, you know, my you, first- you, you let them in. I let them in. <laughs> I got beat up a couple of times, you know, because I would let the rap artists in, but the, the producer or the manager, who I didn't know, who's not recognizable, I'd be like, nah, my man, get the fuck out, you know. You got beat up? I got, oh, I got slapped up a couple of times. Well, nothing I, worse than a, a five, two braces, glasses dude telling you you can't come into the club. That's you no work. braces? I had braces, I had the white the clear ones when they first started and so when you drank something it turned yellow so my teeth was <laughs> fucked up but um that was, I got my first acting job being the, working at the door now were, this is were you already in school I was in school I was doing a couple of plays I had the energy where people knew me from coming to off off Broadway what? like La Mama's and uh, PS122 you did shows there did shows what, there what, what were some of the plays you were doing like sketch comedy all, all like all uh, what do you call, original works you by know? who by all of, you know, the writers, the, the, the theater groups. You, know, you had that one writer who stayed up all night writing about, you know, <laughs> chicks with dicks and, you, you, you know, you tell a joke. But a girlfriend of mine was uh, dating John Singleton, kind of seeing him. And, oh, he, yeah. was, and he was casting a, a movie called Shaft. And she was like, hey, listen, we're going to come to the club tonight. You know, make it make a spectacle. Yeah. You know, I, I told him you're an actor, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. all right, cool. So I'm telling everybody at the door, yo, it's closed, it's a party, it's shut down, the fire marshal just came, we can't let nobody in. Yeah. Oh, shit, hey, hey, Mr. Singleton, move, 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 people. Yeah. Come on in, come yeah. on in. And yeah. he was like, oh, thank you so much. My girl tells me that you're an actor. I'm like, yeah, you know, I do my thing. And he was like, yo, I'm doing this uh, movie Shaft. Why don't you come in and audition? What was that? Was that was with uh, ja Samuel Jackson? Sam Jackson, right. Jeffrey Wright. I mean, uh, Tony Collette. It was a big joint. And I walked in. I got the audition. I auditioned like about two or three times. And John Singleton, you know, he liked what I was doing. I only knew that one Spanish line, so I kept saying it. And he was like, "Wow, you speak Spanish." I'm like, "Yeah, hey, I do. Sure. I do. Whatever you need. Whatever you need, John. Whatever you need, baby." I learned it. And, and um, so I didn't get the part. Right. Didn't get the part. And, and then I, I was coming out of a, a, a club called Bungalow. Remember mm -hmm. Bungalow? Bungalow 8? Mm -mm. Bungalow 8 was the club. I came out the club and John Singleton was there and he looked at him kind of weird like, oh, he's going to, this fucking guy's going to yell at me because he didn't get the part and whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I go up to him and I'm like, hey, look, I'm not mad I didn't get the part. That's nothing to do with you. I hope the movie does well. That means you'll get another movie. Yeah. And maybe we'll work. Right. We'll, and he was like this. He's like, well, I like that. Thank you so much. I'm like, cool. <laughs> and then one day, like about a month later, I get a call and it's John Singleton saying, yo, my actor dropped out. Come in. It's your part. <laughs> and I was like, cool. And I went in there and everybody was mean to me because they didn't know who the fuck I was. And, and they've been I, working with the other guy? They've been working with the other guy and, and, and apparently Shaft had so many problems. People were dropping out, coming in. And oh, all really? That. It was supposed to be a mess. I don't know. But when I got there. How big of a part was it? Uh, it was, it was decent. Yeah, it was enough to get me recognized. It was yeah. enough for people to go, "Hey, look at tattoo." Yeah, yo, what's up? What's yeah. going? You know, it was it was one of those parts. 
and it was cool, but it was the first it was the first time. You know, your, your mom and dad and all your friends are sitting, all the cats from the neighborhood are like, see, we did that. Yeah, yeah. We got you there, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, so we made it, sure you didn't Yeah, get we made trouble. sure you didn't do any dirt and look at you now. You're a superstar, you're rich. I'm like, yeah. no, no. You're rich. <laughs> that money spent. Give me some money. <laughs> yeah, I'm driving, I drive a Yaris with no hubcaps. Come on. But uh, it was, you know, that's that's that that part really cemented that I was going to be committed to going for it. Like, I'm an actor now, a working actor, and I wasn't going to do anything else. Singleton, I, he he did Boys in the Hood, right? Yeah. And then he did, like, that movie, Baby Boy, that I was, fucking loved that That was movie. great. I, that I, was great. It's like, I don't know, no one ever talks about it. I think it's a fucking masterpiece. Underrated. It was, it was, it was a great, great story, and it was just, it was, it was, it was so beautifully shot. Yeah, yeah. It was, I, you felt that love relationship between uh, Taraji and uh, Tyrese. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was, was I, I, I mean, I, I'm astounded by that movie. And mm-hmm. I talk about it like, and no one's ever seen it. No, it didn't, I mean, for some reason, you know, Singleton, after Boys in the Hood, uh, he had a couple of movies that didn't do well. So when uh, uh, Baby uh, Boy came out, it didn't get that. If Baby Boy would have came out right after Boys in the Hood, it, it, he probably would have got nominated. But it was just one of those movies where I could, because I don't know the black experience. And, and for no. me... You know, I don't know what the black community thought about that movie, but for me, it was like it seemed to me it'd be a reasonable, you know, representation of of a struggle, yeah, you know, within that community. And yeah. to, like for me, it felt like you know, I, I had a window in somehow. That's right. It was. I mean, y'all had you know, white people had the way we were. Yeah. <laughs> we have a baby boy. It's the same story. The same story. It's a love story. But were there movies that you know you grew up with because of that that I you know that I wouldn't know? I mean, like within the community that were sort of you know standard bearers. Is that a weird question? I don't. No, not a weird question. I just you know, I, it's a question that you know. You need to like a you know as uh, professor. You need to open. Answer? You need to open up that ja- that that Jameson and have <laughs> have some smoke right now. And be like, you know what it is. You know what really moved me that young car wash. Car, <laughs> car wash was that movie, <laughs> brother. That they were talking about the middle class, the economical struggle, and the never say die <laughs> attitude that we had to have as we washed your fucking car. Okay, yeah, I uh, get you it. Know, yeah, and uh, you know Sidney Portnier and uh, and uh, Bill Cosby. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, were the no. dudes that. Really was. What were those? Up, those were great uh, movies. Uptown Saturday, Uptown Saturday Night. Night. Let's right. do it again. Yeah, let's do it again. You know, they yeah. were the ones that were really speaking to us that, you know, we can share our experience yeah. and make money. Yeah. Like, I guess the one movie I guess that really stood out, that really kind of uh, shown so closely into what I grew up would yeah. probably be Coolie High. I don't even know that movie. Cooley High was big. Cooley, Cooley High. Cooley High. You kind of remember it. You, yeah, yeah Cooley High was big, and it was that neighborhood of yeah. blacks going to school, not really learning nothing, but <laughs> socially learning everything. Yeah. Learning how to be a man. Right. You know, you go to school, it wasn't really about the, it, for us, it wasn't really about the education of the books. It was the education of how you handle yourself. Right. Around challenges and around other people. And do you step on somebody who wants to learn? No, you let that motherfucker learn. Tease him a little bit, but let him learn. Like, don't interfere with somebody else's dream. Right. Go for yours. And it was, it was Cooley High was probably the, the number one movie that we all felt. Right. Uh, uh, I, expressed yeah. our, right, our right. come up. And yeah. also, I, and again, made you feel like, well, I could do that. I, I, could, do, I could do that, yes. Yeah. That, that was the one time I, I, you know, I didn't know what was going on with me, but I was like, I want to be part of that. The, the movie, the white movie, that made me say I could do that, or I, I, the power of, of, of the cin- cinema was yeah. Rocky. 
Yeah. <laughs> because, I, you know, we grew up in the Bronx. You go to the, we had a theater called the Melba Theater. And we would go there in the afternoon. And I remember it was like, you know, five, four chicken wings, french fries, some pizza. We go oh in there. Oh, my God. Yeah. And watch Rocky. Yeah. And towards the end of the movie, I was just like, yo, I couldn't believe that the whole theater full of black people was rooting for Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, beat the beat the fuck out of Apollo Creed. We, I'm like, why? What, what happened to us? Why are we rooting for the white guy? And you know, I walked out like, that's movie magic right there. <laughs> that right there, because Apollo Creed wasn't a bad guy. He wasn't evil. Yeah, you know, he was like Muhammad Ali. Yeah, but we were like, kill him, Rocky, get him. <laughs> was that's like, real magic. That's mad. That, they, I haven't I haven't felt that kind of movie magic in a long ass time. I like that you brought the food in the theater. I used to. I was living in Astoria, and there was a theater around the corner from me. Where like the people in the neighborhood, they literally just short of bringing barbecues. Yeah. Yo, set up a table. <laughs> yeah. Set up a table. They do now. now they now they got that dining theater for forty dollars. I'm like, no. no I go to the ArcLight still and bring that goddamn ten degrees. <laughs> I get the ten degrees. I go in there. And I saw Godzilla with fucking tuna, tuna and uh, kale salad. Oh, no, you're, you're the smelly motherfucker eating yeah, the tuna. I'm that fish. guy. I'm that guy right behind you're, you. You're the guy that brings the smelly food on the plane. Yeah. Yes, no, right. All right. But uh, all right. So when you go to this uh, acting school. How long a program was that? Two years? Uh, no, you know, the, the acting school, HB Studios is year-round. I mean, you just take classes. You just take classes. Yeah, there's no degraduation, none of that. You just take classes. Now, like, when I talk to actors, because, you know, it's hard for me. You know, I'm doing a little acting myself on my own show. You're doing, but a, lot, I, you're doing a, great, a great job. Well, thank you. That's You're acting or you're, is there a script? Well, there's a script, yeah. Okay, then, yeah, then you're yeah, acting. Yeah, no, I'm definitely yeah. acting. You, I mean, I know I'm playing myself, but, you know, that doesn't mean that's, nothing. That's kind of hard. It's, it's really it's harder. harder. Because you know you don't you want gotta, you don't part? want you don't want script supervisor somebody going I'm not believing you yeah, I'm playing yeah. myself no, yeah, I'm, just not, I'm not, not buying, I'm not buying it. it you gotta sell it man yeah well figuring out we but being acting is acting you, yeah. you know I can't I can't just you know, be myself like, yeah you can't well no that's not true no you can't. I can <laughs> yeah I mean you just that, gotta do it five times right you gotta do it for the close up the wide <laughs> shot the over the shoulder <laughs> shot you just gotta do it a lot more that's right but and be repetitive so you get a little and dream. not be aware of it yeah and not be aware of the camera right in front right. of you right yeah. I mean yeah. I think that's weirdly the trickiest thing I think that's something either you have or you don't have if you're not able to, to focus in on what's going on with all that bullshit going on around you yeah if you just can't do that you're yeah. fucking out you're fucking you know what you're fucking out but not over I, I will say this, I'm still learning, and I find it harder, I'm still learning how to cope with that medium. I like theater. Theater, I love theater. Cause theater is, it's all in, I know the whole script in my head, yeah. I, did, I did the muscle memory, I did the crazy, a lot more rehearsals, yeah. but it's in there. And once you step on stage, it goes. You're telling a story and nobody yeah. can stop you. That's right. There's no, no there's no cut. cut. There's no nothing. You're either going to fuck up or you're going to do it great. <laughs> and then afterwards, you're going to have a drink and be told off like, what the fuck was that line? Yeah. Just, like, whatever it is, it's spiritually satisfying. In television, you know, we, we you know, back then, we, we have a joke. Like, we, we didn't look at t- TV or movie actors as actors. We're like, what the fuck? You need a close up? So your real thing was theater initially? My real thing was theater and still is. I still love that medium more but for... Like, for for the art, for the craft. But so okay, let's go back a minute. So you're taking these classes, yeah. And what what I was gonna say is that what what was the most important lesson that you learned initially that that was the first mind blower? Like you knew you wanted to be an actor and you like being on stage, but what was the first tool that you know well, that? Well, the first the first tool that blew my mind because I talk a good talk. I and mean, again, let's let's be clear. I yeah. said acting because I didn't want to be asked questions about what kind of career I wanted. Right. So I was I wanted I wanted to act, but it was also a scapegoat. What blew my mind when I started going to classes was 
the people telling me that I was good. Right. Let's you know that I had something that they would always tell me that you can't teach, which is presence. Yeah. That they just I have to look at you. Yeah. I got I got I got to see what you're doing. Right. And now that all of a sudden hits you with a responsibility. Right. All of a sudden you have no escape of, of you know, I'm really They're looking I'm, at me. Yeah. I'm really good. Like I, I did. I have no reason to fail but myself. Oh, that's yeah. fucking great. Yeah. Because you're waiting for somebody to say, Nah, you're too short. Yeah. Or you're too this. Or you're too that. Right. You need work on this. Yeah. You know. But you can just show up and people are looking at people you. People are looking at me. <laughs> And that was kind of cool and kind of scary. Yeah. But then after that, just the 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 hardest part, and I tell people when they ask me or when they when I'm talking to younger younger cats, just that um that perseverance, acting in New York and doing the theater and all that. Yo, there's no money, there's nothing, and you know being in your twenties with no money. But being an actor or an artist, right? You know, it takes that. It, 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 some people call it crazy. Right. Some people call it, uh, you know, passion. Right. But it's 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 a mindfuck. Yeah, because you, it's not like it does. You can be great and not necessarily rewarded with money. Yeah, you can pay it's, no bills. It, right. Eat it, out the fucking trash, or you know, working yeah, on the subway and putting the hat down. That's right. It's and, not necessarily a meritocracy. It's yeah. not like you get so good that like, all right, you're ready. Yeah. It's just still a roll of the fucking dice. That's right. That's and there's right. still a luck component, a that's timing right. component. You know, it, it, no matter if you're genius. That's right. Yeah, that's right. and that's tricky. So that's that stuck to me where I'm like, you know what? I'm you know once you're all in, you know, my lady that I was with at the time, who was my who was my wife now, you know, at one point she asked me, you know, like how long are you gonna do this acting? Because you could be you could be broke. Like how long? And I had to really look at her. Like that's a legitimate question, baby. Yeah, yeah. Like get off, get off, get off me. It's <laughs> a legitimate question, baby. But here's the real, here's the real question. It's not how long I'm gonna be an actor because that's it. I'm all in. Yeah, I can make it or not. But that, I, I love this feeling. It's how long do you want to be fucking with an actor? <laughs> that's that's a question you have to ask yourself. Yeah. Now, and if you say you know I'm in, cool. If you say no, I understand. I'm gonna be mad. I'm gonna be hurt. Yeah. But I'm gonna move on. Right. <laughs> and I don't want to. But it's a question you asked yourself. But you turned it on her, which is interesting. Because not, I mean, I'm, I'm, no, no, I, you what know. you were saying is like, I love you, but I this is you. more important than you. <laughs> but not more important, but this is what I choose to do. Okay. And I guess, you know, and this is where you have relationships, mm-hmm. issues, where you think about like, you're asking somebody, look, come along on my dream. Yeah. I don't know what you're doing right now. I don't know what you, I don't know what you want to be. But if you're hanging with me, I want to be an actor. Yeah. And those days, she would come home, and I'm on the PlayStation, like, "Yo, what's up, baby? <laughs> Yo, what's for lunch? Listen, I sold the Mary J. Blige CD. I got rid of that so we can get this fucking pizza for the, you know, the guys came over, you know. And she would be like, "This mother, you know, <laughs> the fuck, what the fuck is going on? Thank God you made it because, yeah, thank God. If you because if you if you start to lose your faith in your in your desired that's profession, right. that's right. Then you're gonna have to answer to her for the rest of your. When I answer life. her, because she be gone <laughs> maybe or she would be like i'm done with this shit yeah. and clearly you don't have it that's so right. you better go find something to I, do that's right so i wouldn't have to answer to it i'd be gone i'd be, like this. I'd be sitting there like steve martin the jerk in the box I'm like yo what do i have what yeah. Do I? yeah so but, the theater thing though that that's interesting to me but in in terms of outside the, of just putting your going all in yeah did you have to learn how to listen? Did you have to learn, yes. like you know what you know what were the exercises that you went through? Because you're you know you're a natural well, performer. I yeah. mean, I've talked to a lot of actors, and you're you're a lot more lively on the inside than some of them. Right, <laughs> you, you, they you took can, a lot of punishment. They, yeah. the, it, it, the, the, the closed doors and the, the the IMDb fucking chart punishes a lot of actors where they get they get dead inside. No, I, I don't know. I think sometimes they're 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 or they reserved or they have to save it. They're, I don't, they're, you know. they're empty vessels. A lot of times, it, it's not even a, a negative thing. Mm. But I think. 
think that there are some people that are great actors that are not complicated. That's they don't right. have a lot That's of right. mess going That's on right. upstairs. That's and I'm not saying you have a so lot you know, of mess. I don't know what a compliment is right now. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. All right, good, good. You, you are an authentic character yourself. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So what you're going to bring to a role is going to be some version of this fire that That's you got right. inside Which is good and bad. Yeah. It's good and bad. Sure. You know, it, may, it makes, it, it limits, it uh-huh. limits, you know, the roles. <laughs> but, um, I, yes, you had to... You had to relearn how to be organically present. Mm-hmm. It would seem like yes, you had to learn how to listen, not not be there like I know what I want. I know what I want to do. It's coming. Hurry up with your line. Because <laughs> I'm going to say this line this <laughs> way, and it's going to be magic. I don't even care about the characters. So the character's supposed to be this way. I'm going to say it this way. You know, you had to learn how to uh, implement who you are without it taking away from who you're playing right and yeah and, and also and, taking away from necessarily the 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 show itself yeah the story you yeah know. i mean because like a ham's a ham a ham's a ham well you know what on theater <laughs> i love it on the movie game they can get rid of that ham yeah, well, <laughs> a yeah. couple of cuts and all of a sudden the ham is gone whether you know it or not I, right. I look at a movie like this i have four more scenes what yeah, the fuck what, happened what, <laughs> what happened to my scene what happened yeah. to the good one yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is the only one they got that's another that's another thing about the you know the uh the the process in film and television that blew me away to realize that it's not in your control. You know, oh, yeah, once, dude. Once you put it in the can, no. your job is done, but yeah. your job is All they really care about done. is coverage. Yeah. And, and, and then they're like, they want to have a lot to work with in the editing room. That's right. You're and better off on an indie film where it's like, we only got three we only days. Got three. You got two takes, and I'll save one. And then, you know, it was strange, 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 strangely enough, you know, you do, you know, in, in the film and TV world, you do, I would do a scene or I'll do a monologue or a moment beautifully. People crying, and then somebody come up like, yeah, but your collar's inside out. Oh, or, yeah. oh you had the drink in the wrong hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. And that Continuity, would drive, man. That would drive me crazy. Yeah, script then, supervisor will fuck you. Fuck you all up. And then I realized, you know, the way we used to laugh at back in the day, we used to laugh at movie and TV actors like, y'all aren't real. Yeah. We had to give them a lot more compliment, because again, like you said, you got to do it five times. Professional. And, yeah, and you got to do it. You know, and it might not be about you. You might have just that might that whole scene might be fucked up. Yeah, because because uh, Pop forgot to put the hammer back on the desk. <laughs> you know, you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's my world. <laughs> you know, so but when you did theater, what were some of the roles that like you know where where like did you do Broadway? Never got never got to Broadway. When I started doing theater, Broadway was all singing and dancing and cats, and I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't. No, you never done any of that. I, didn't, I never I never did any of that. I did like Broadway for the twenty four hour plays. They have these little celebrity twenty four hour plays right. at the American Airlines Theater on Broadway, but never got to Broadway. But what were yet. some of the roles that you played off Broadway that you um, were like, this is the shit? I mean, what um, were you were you ever cast completely against type where it was so challenging? That you you know you had to shut down. I guess uh, yeah. I, I mean, I played this, uh, this one thing called Happy Pills, where I played this real bipolar, mentally disturbed, depressed, uh, suicidal man who had to you know find himself before he you know killed himself. And, yeah. You know, shit like that again on stage with no music and no close up, and you yeah. just really had to implement you know your thought process and get it out there. It, it, it was challenging. I, the experience was always something phenomenal and something like life altering because you was doing it like seven days a week yeah and trying to keep it fresh and new every time yeah uh, presented its own challenges and uh, it, it was it was it was amazing it was amazing and then she got pregnant and I was like okay I gotta pay a bill <laughs> <laughs> gotta pay a bill let's <laughs> go to film and television right away my picture my, my photograph in the cleaners doesn't mean shit I need a real how many kids you got I got one uh-huh. one, one daughter is that it that's that's, that's gonna uh, be that's, it 
I think so, man. It's hard. You grew up only child. I grew up only child, so I don't know what I'm, I don't, nobody knows what we're missing. We, we're just living it. It's our world. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it, that's, that, this is probably you know the most. It's the hardest challenge, and and then looking at it every once in a while when you you're having a Jack and Coke, you're like this is the most important thing in the world. Like this, what's the Jack and Coke? Well, <laughs> yes, at that time, yes. But just having a kid, having a child, is, yeah. All of a sudden, you have this thing that you are creating and you are in in charge of, and you are implementing everything that you think you know, right? And trying to create a being or help you know establish a being to go on, yep. and live, and it's. It's daunting. It's daunting. It's scary. And, you know, and right now my daughter's 16. And I'm, I've always heard parents talk about, you know, 16 is a hard age. And I, I'm getting a lot of feedback from my daughter, a lot of shit talking and everything. But I think what's scaring me the most is I feel like I'm running out of time. You know, that's, that, and that's what parents look at. They look at that kid like the mirror like, oh, shit, she's sick. Did I teach her everything? Yeah. Does she know everything or did I just fuck this How up? How old did is I, she now? 16. Oh, I'm, running, I'm running out of time. She got, only got like two years left. No, you, you're out of time. I'm done. Don't say that. <laughs> Fuck. There, okay, then I might have another kid. It's when, it's when you look at her like this. Okay, now that I know what not to do, let me get another shot at this. No, she's 16. It's all all the oh, wiring has been put in. Oh man, you're gonna have to hope for the best I now. Gotta, I gotta hope. And when yeah. she makes mistakes, you gotta be there to go like, gotta, it's okay, it's baby. Up, right? It's my fault. At the end of the day, it's my fault. <laughs> it's my and if there's one asshole guy, like I'll rewire her, Dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like yeah. I that's like I look forward to now. The hot wire dude. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, being a hot wire dude or having been that yourself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know they're gonna sins come. of the fathers. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Did you have any kids? No. Did you that on purpose? Did you like pull out like national? Well, pull I, out I, I, I am a, a big puller outer, okay, but uh, nice. but uh, no, I had a I, I I was married twice. I didn't have kids. It was not a priority for me somehow. Okay, I guess I'm just too selfish, or I didn't think I. Oh, you start it. you start shaking while you're talking. Like, I know, really? man. It's like <laughs> like uh, there's part of me that thinks like I should have done it, but I, I I think that you know th- things happen for a reason. That's right. I'm a very anxious guy. That's right. Yeah, I'm a very panicky guy. Things yeah. get a little out of hand for me pretty quickly. So. I think you should be honored. There was one comedian I heard a Dove. His name was Dove something. I don't know. David Off. Dove, Dove Davidoff, oh, yeah. He he had a uh, uh, what do you call it? What do you, uh, what you, you guys? You remind me of him. What do you call that thing when you when you go up there? Uh, he a, a set. He had a set, yeah. and he said, you know, National Pullout Day. Those guys should be those guys who know <laughs> that they're not ready for parenthood and they pull out. They should be rewarded too. <laughs> they should be celebrated because they they are our own heroes. Yeah. are not having too many asshole kids running That's around. Right. That's right. And so I celebrate you, sir. Well, there should be a much. date. Thank you very much. This, maybe this date is the date. Every day is our day. <laughs> That's, that's when yeah. we talk to you guys. We're going. Yeah. I hope I did it right. I hope I did I, it. I, Yo, I pulled out. Yes. So yeah. So yes. Yeah, one kid is cool. I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time with her. Um, I'm learning a lot. I'm, hopefully, I'm teaching a lot. And it's it's it's, it's fun to watch her and see. And she's a good kid. Yeah. I think you know these kids. They seem different. These kids seem like a lot more connected to who they are yeah. and what their worth is. Right. You know, we I mean, I've seen so many they're, they're less like carrying they they seem a little more free. They're they're more well adjusted. Yeah. <laughs> either either that or they're so or they the twisted geniuses where they say, "You know what? I'm not I'm not built for that world." So I'm going to create this new world where I don't got to talk to nobody. I can just tweet them. I can just Instagram. I can create. Just text. I can create different characters for different people. Yeah. And I think that's what they're doing. They're building this world where they say, you know what? 
looks like you guys with all your interaction, you're telling us, you're telling us we should do this, this, and this. You got the world fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like the world. It's not like all your actions got this world in a great place, <laughs> right? So how about we do this? We're gonna make it different, and mm-hmm. we're gonna. And if you don't get it, you don't get it. But it's a more uh, what do you call it? social media. Yeah, it's a whole new thing. They're more I, connected, but less connected. Exactly. It's weird, and it, and it might be a good thing. It might be. It might save the planet. We'll see. We'll Who see. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I have no I, idea. Yeah, you know, old ways die hard. You know, they do okay. die hard. Yes. Yes. So, all right. So you did a lot of television. I mean, when you started, when you decided you were going to do television, you did television. You I did, did a lot of New York television. You did, did Law yeah. and Order. You law, did the, every Law and Order. Every. That, that saved every black actor. Law and Order was the staple <laughs> to every black actor. I was the. I. I. I was the. That was the first time I did. I did the Rat Frank. Like I know who did it. Yeah, yeah, and they love the way I point it, and yeah. they're like this. All right, Law and Order, Law and Order SVU, <laughs> Law and Order Criminal Intent, and it's the same character, same character, different orange jumpsuit. I know who did it. <laughs> no, that dude right there. I got you, yo, all of them, and uh, New York Undercover. Yeah, and I did that. I did, I mean, my first, my first TV job was Law and Order, where uh, the girl to this black dude that was a cop was going to the HB Studios and got me a job. I was an extra in the in the, in, the, in the courtroom. And I knew I was going to be a big, big, big star mm-hmm. because I was the extra in the courtroom. And when they said, you know, he's guilty, I was like, well, I'm not. Well, everybody's just doing the same. I jumped up. Oh, my God. God. And walked out. And yeah, the yeah. director was like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, shouldn't somebody be mad at it? Like, I'm just macking. And they're like, okay, go back into holding. <laughs> you go back into holding. But the guy, I forgot the, the actor's name, the black dude. Who got me a job? I told him, and he was like, "This, you did the right thing. Did. <laughs> Fuck, don't be an extra no more. Don't be, like, don't be an extra no more. No, no, nothing wrong with it, but you, it's not, it doesn't suit you." Yeah. And I realized, oh, okay, that's right. I need bigger. I need bigger, man. I need to talk. <laughs> and uh, you know, then after that, it was like uh, I think my this Law and Order, Law and Order again, because they would recycle us. Yeah. You know, and they would just if one day I was you know perp number one, and the next day I was. But but did you have the same sort of aggravation that some other black actors have? It's like, how do I get out of this? Not at that time. Yeah. No, because you know, I would, I I say now, you know, I was more I was more stereotyped as unemployed. Yeah. Than I was as convict number two. Right. So convict number two was okay. Right. Uh, only after like about maybe about a year and a half. Did you go like this? Okay, I don't want to be in jail no more. <laughs> I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to come out of jail. And I don't want to be in jail already. Give me something else. And they were like, no. <laughs> like, like, no. You know, I didn't realize that, you know, you know, a lot of actors out there who are doing theater you, you, and, 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 and doing off-Broadway, just understand there's a certain freedom to that because your money is coming from another place. Yeah. So that you can say, I'm not doing that part. Right. I'll do that part. Yeah. Oh, I'll do this. Yeah. Because you didn't care. Right. But once you start paying bills with acting, yeah. you say no until you have to say yes. You right. say no until your, your daughter's like, Dad, my shoes are too tight. <laughs> and, or, and also a casting director going, he's difficult. He's difficult. Yeah. yeah. Or, or he say no. Okay. Yeah, you say it. no three times. They'll say, You're right. next, next. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't the, even call get, him. Yeah. He's, he's got Where, it. Where's Nick Cannon? Where's Lemon's State? Next. Come on. <laughs> Move on. You know, and so and uh, you get to a point where, of course, you say, Cause like, I want to do something that, like The Wire. I love, I love the fact that people really embraced. Well, that show. was a career changing ter- turn for you. Everything. I mean, like once I locked into that thing. Yeah. Because I came to it later. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch it when it was on. It required too much attention. Yeah. When it yeah. was on, it's like you miss one episode. And I'm like, where? Wh- where are we? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, My impossible. subtitle thing is not working. I can't I understand what these fucking black people are saying. I need a subtitle. Well, it wasn't that. It was just that you really had to start at the yeah, beginning like right. a book. That's right. Yeah. And I sat there for like two weeks and I watched the entire fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, mm-hmm. I got it all. Yeah, rented yeah, it. Yeah. And it's interesting. The character of Bubbles is, he, is really the only fucking character in the entire city that changes for the better. 
That like you know, the, the only guy that you know at the end of everything after all is said and done, you're yeah. like that guy. He's all right. That guy. He, he made it. Look, he's having dinner with his with his sister. He right. Made, yeah. Yeah. But like I don't have I don't remember any other characters you know evolving to it. Like you, 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 maybe I'm wrong. I'm trying to remember, but your character, but you know, from where you were at the beginning, yeah, this yeah. spineless junkie. Well, we have a spineless. I don't know if spineless is the. Well, you need the dope, so you know you did what you had to do. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) It takes a lot of courage. No, no, your character is is really the way they closed the series in my memory. Was that you you know that the one guy that was sort of pivotal in all this stuff and Mm -hmm. sort of the eyes of the world on some level, Mm -hmm. who who was really the most tragic character in some ways personally, Mm -hmm. was able to transcend that. It's very. It was emotionally devastating. Again. What's, what's great about David Simon and the creators of the show and just the audience being drawn into the show and, and these characters, what's great about hearing you say that is our expectations. Because if you look at it, you just said, you know, my character seemed to gotten, you know, was the arc and gotten better only because of everything that I've been through, that character's been through. The way David Simon ended it was, I you didn't see me, as president, you didn't yeah. see me having a fucking CEO job, right? You saw me go upstairs and have 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 a dinner with my my sister. I'm getting choked my up niece, thinking about right? it. Yeah, that's small. She wouldn't let you in the house. That's, she wouldn't let me. In. And all she did was open that door. And since since that reward was so little but poignant, it made it feel like bubbles has changed. Like we don't know. Season six, I'll probably be a junkie again. Sure, who knows? Yeah, but just seeing that small step. I think we all look at, our, at people and ourselves as, you know, we haven't made it or we're not successful unless we have this big thing. Right. But it's these little victories that are important to, to embrace, you know? Yeah. Like in, in connecting into my daughter, you know, you try so hard for perfection that you forget to enjoy the good. Yeah. You know? You, yeah. you forget to enjoy the, the excellence. You're always thinking about more always, and more. You could have did better. You could have yeah. did better. Yeah, yeah. You got 99? Yeah. What the fuck? Was you sleeping that's, on that one? Did, 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 sleeping did, on that did one. You, did you go back and double check? <laughs> you just, we're just so happy you finished the test, you just handed it in, right? At 99? No double check. Come on. <laughs> you know, so yeah. So, it, you know, it, it was a great experience. And even now, it's still a great experience because a lot of people got to it late. And we, you know, just the, the DVD and the on-demand really has... What well, changes everything. Yeah, it has people come up to me now or, or different countries or whatever saying, hey, Bob, blah, blah, blah. Third season of The Wire, I had a meltdown. Third season, I was like, oh, my God. If I, if I got to get high or if I got to be sleeping in the row house again, if I got... The junky thing got to me. And then well, the, well, why? Because it was uh, just exhausting? Done, exhausting. It's, a, it's, a, it's not a great, like, it's not a, a great headspace. You know, if you're acting and you, this is a thing that you know it's a career changer. Like I felt the weight of this is the first time I've been a character, and people, you know, it With means something. But yeah. that, I stayed in. I, I did that Daniel Day Lewis shit like to 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 a stand. I didn't go. I didn't go Heath Ledger. Yeah. But I was I was in character, and I you know I was in the you know one bedroom apartment with a mattress. Yeah. You know, laying around trying to, you know, stay connected to that lifestyle. And all the rest of my castmates are hanging out, partying, and drinking champagne, yeah. and being drug dealers and having a lot of, you know. Yeah. But it, it was just, it, it was just, it was hard. And, I, and, and, and then you start to fear, you know, is, is, is this the box I'm putting myself into? You know, for black. Career wise? Yeah. For black actors, you know, a junkie or playing a, you know, a homosexual, they were like career, you know, yeah. death. Right, right. You're not gonna work again, right? And you start thinking about that, like, oh my god, what am I doing? Yeah. So I had a meltdown, and, and, and you know, there's certain actors like like Sam Jackson who just came in and embraced me and was like, "Yo, shut the fuck up!" Like, Wait, just, during your meltdown? Yeah. Like, why? Uh, where did he come in? 
Well, you know, off like you know, when you're not shooting, yeah, you know, I would go and go to different, you know, hang oh, you out. Were, you were hanging out with him. Oh, yeah, I, I bumped into him, and he like uh, one of our directors, Clark Johnson, uh, was directing uh, SWAT, uh-huh. and was like, "Yo, why don't you come to L.A. Come hang out, come yeah, to set." Yeah, yeah. And I came to set, and yeah. Sam Jackson was like, first time I, you know, really met him, met him. He was like, gave me a hug, and was like, "Yo." You're doing a great job, and I'm talking to Sam Jackson. You yeah, know, and he said I'm doing a great job. I know his past. Yeah, if I if I convince him, this is fucking Gator. Yeah. If I convince him, this is great. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I got a chance to feel. You know, he kind of he had that kind of uh, personality where you felt like you can talk to him. Well, what would you say to him? I just say, yo, man, this. What do I do after this? Like this, you know, this this heroin addict, and I I, I feel like I'm in a box. Like people only see me this in this one way. Yeah, and he was like. Wait, wait. So you're complaining because they know your name and they know your character. Like I've been in a hundred movies with people that they don't know who they are. They've been in a hundred. You, know, you shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have an iconic character that people will always remember you by because of what you did and how you played it. You right. Can't, you can't complain. All you can do is you keep doing what you do, and every character you get, whether it's the same or not, you bring your A game. And sooner or later, it'll change. Yeah. But other than that, shut the fuck up. And yeah. I was like, well, all right, well, give me Tarantino's number and hook me up, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But well, he'll, he seems like he'll do just about anything now. He's a cool, yeah, he's a cool, <laughs> he's a cool, well, anything is better than what he used to do. That's right. So, yeah, he, yeah. Will, he will stay working. That's right. Yeah. And so, that's important. That's important. And it just, it just, so what happened on the show, though? So, you have this meltdown. Did you approach the uh, the creators and say, like, you know, what is this? No. I, I, I never approached the, you know, you never, you never approached the money. There was, I wasn't, I wasn't that quick. I didn't have that much of a meltdown. I didn't yeah. like flip out on the set. I just had like a little depression, you know, anxiety yeah. and depression yeah. and just talked to other actors. But this yeah. is before you knew how that character would turn out. Yes. And then when I found out again, another, another crazy, like almost just weird sabotage or whatever, or just, or, or, uh, or, or authenticity. I don't know. I don't even know the right word for it, but towards the fifth season, you know, I had to sit down with the, with the creator of the show because I felt, the real Bubbles passed away. It was a real Bubbles. He was a informant for one of the creators of the show, Ed Burns, who was a cop, and he passed. And Bubbles passed away of AIDS. And when I found out that I was I might live, I felt like it was unfair. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, we're known. Our show is known for being great, for authentic, for being authentic, being real, and we're playing these real characters. I don't feel this. I think it's a little unfair that my character lived. Now I don't want to cut my money, but at that time I'm like. You know what? Is this right? Are we doing the right thing? Yeah. David Simon's great. David Simon was like, you know, I, at the end of the day, I've just I've just dragged these people out in the audience to look at a, a, a piece of of our world with this dark, depressed, nothing's ever going to change mentality. Yeah, motherfuckers got to get out of the bed. There's got to be some sort of hope. There's yeah. got to be some some glimpse, and it's all we need as people. And yeah. that's and you're it. And Bubs was it. And Bubs was the one that said, "You know what? Let's just mother, let him go have a wing dinner with his fucking sister. Let him go. <laughs> let him go eat. That's, that's hope enough. That's hope enough. <laughs> and, and, and you said it right. That was, yeah. For you, it was like, oh my god, look at Bubs. He's yeah, on the stairs. Yeah, yeah. And you know, but you know, but there was moments where I felt that was unfair. There mm-hmm. was moments where I felt like to the memory of the real guy. Yes, to the memory of the real guy because his shooting in Baltimore was so phenomenal. And then, you know, I'm chasing the dragon now. When you look for different shows, for the, there's never going to be. I don't, so far, there's never been a show or an experience doing a show when everything was just so incredible. Like yeah. the actors, there was no ego. Everybody was like, "Hey, I know you. I kind of know you." Like everybody was starting. It was like yeah. everybody's brand new start. 
That never really happens on TV. There's got to be a star first. Right. But everybody's, you know, everybody's brand new. Then you're in Baltimore on location. Like, they were, there was no sets. Yeah. You know, they rip up in the row house and like, okay, clean it up a little bit. All right, fuck it, Bob. Just go in, go yeah, in. Yeah. You know, I, I did one scene while- in I'm real crawling. filth. Yeah. yeah. I one scene while I'm crawling on the on a, on a roof and I, I got stuck with a needle because it's there. Get I'm the like, oh. fuck out yeah, of here. Yeah, I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, can you, can you finish the scene? We got we got medic right there. Just finish the scene. I'm like, oh shit! Like, and then you gotta go get an H test. Then you gotta get you gotta get shot and all that stuff. But and then you know, David Simon was smart. Where you know, whoever you were doing the scene with, there were there were real life personas around you. Like if I'm doing a scene with a where I'm doing something, there's a real recovered or junkie around. Yeah. Or were you a, a gangbanger? There's a real gangbanger. Playing, well, you know, got, well, you got Steve Earl. He's a good, he's a real recovery, he real, real dude. <laughs> yeah. Funny about him, that 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 kept accountability was I didn't know who he was, right? right? And I go to you know, just, I'm I'm having a good time, like yo, I'm killing it, boy. I'm the, who's my who's my scene partner today? Who who am I working with? And they, they point out Steve Earl, and I'm like this, who the fuck is that? Like that dude? <laughs> I don't want my scene fucked up. Like I want my scene <laughs> to work. And we do a blocking rehearsal, and he couldn't walk and. And say his line, yeah. like he would stop and forget. Yeah. And I'm like this. Oh my god. Oh my god. I gotta carry this fucking scene. Yeah. He's fu-. and David Simon was like, "Do you know who that is?" I'm like, "Nah, I know he's a guy who don't know how to fucking say his line. That's what I know." <laughs> and he's like, "Okay, okay." <laughs> and he bought like he had somebody bring over all of a sudden a box full of CDs. Yeah. I didn't know he had like about yeah. like forty CDs. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. like the Bob Dylan yeah, of yeah. someone. And I'm like, "This is that dude." And yeah. I'm playing it. I'm listening. I'm like, "Oh my god!" So I go to him now. I'm like, "This. How, how am I doing? Am I yeah. doing okay? <laughs> do you believe me, Bob? Was I did I do too much shaking here? Yeah, like, yeah. and you know, and you know, we have we. He's a great dude. Yeah, he and, is. and it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I can't imagine the two of you together because he's a talker. He's a, we had a good time. Yeah, yeah. We had a good time. Like this. Cut. You want to say the lines now? Guys, yeah, can we get up? Yeah. And I went to a couple of his concerts. Oh, he's yeah. A, he's a great dude, man. He, was he is a, a good dude. dude. So now, after you do The Wire, like it's weird because when I saw you at the Independent Spirit Awards, I'm like, that's the fucking dude. And it, so I don't do that too often, but it did happen on the subway in New yeah. York with another dude. You know, the dude who played the guy who opened the gym? Cuddy. Cuddy. I saw him on the subway and I'm like, yeah. oh, fuck that second. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I got to say something. I was like, no, don't bother me. And I'm like, no, no, I mean, it's going to feel and, good. Yes, and that's, that's that's one thing I love. That we, you know, as actors or, or, or people yeah, in the business, performer. you're waiting for somebody to walk up to you. Like, you do. Yeah, I'm a dickhead. You ain't all that. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing now, homie? Like, but our, our audience, the Y audience, they it it feels like it's they they love right. they love up coming I was, up. I was watching. Yeah. You, you were great. Yeah. You, you seem yeah. to really appreciate it. He's yeah, a good guy. of course we love it. We love <laughs> yeah. it. We 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 understand. You know that our show meant something. You know, right? And in the middle of it, while we were shooting, nobody was really watching, so we never knew. Nobody right. was really watching. And then every award season, we're like this. Really, Boston legal? Really, yeah, we can't get a fucking slot. Yeah, can we not? We couldn't even go get have a, like a free champagne and get yeah. a fucking swag bag. That's all we wanted. We didn't want to win. We just wanted to get a swag bag. We were giving out fucking CDs, and iPods. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the, you know, people would come up to us and 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 really celebrate their experience and watching the show. Now, what about now? How in in the in the long run here? How your parents feel about your your stuff? My parents, you know, parents are great. I mean, they, they, my mom was mad when, it's, she's so funny because she, she was happy I booked the job. Right? Yeah. She's like, oh, finally, my son, you know, because they get a sense of relief that their, their son's going to be okay. Right. It's, it's really a, a fear of security. Yes, right. Yeah. And now, oh, you got a job. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm playing a junkie. Is there, and what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They said that I, I didn't look like Bubs, uh, but I had the essence. And it was, she was like, are they insulting me? My son does not have the essence of a fucking heroin addict. I'm like, nah, mom, it's, it's acting, it's acting. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, she was great, and she's always shocked. 
Like we went, you know, Barack Obama. I met him at a plug, and he was like, "What's up, Bubs?" And my oh, yeah. mom was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> Well, the president knows you, you know. And she, you know, she, she was, it's great. It's great. And she was, you know, very happy to see that, you know, I did something or I was part of something that means so much to other people. And then at the same time, like we were talking about before, we, you know, we get crazy sidetracked is that, yeah, uh, am I going through a certain thing right now where, you know, I'm known as this dude and yeah. it's hard to see me in a in a love scene. Right, right. <laughs> right now, somebody going, hey, look at Bob's getting some ass. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, every time I pop up on screen, it's a blessing and a curse where people will go, there go Bubs. Yeah. And you want to be able to, you know, give respect to somebody else who's casting you and not distract from their story and be, you know, right. looked at as a different character. Right. And it's harder when you're known or you do a character so well. Yeah. To do, you know... But also just getting out of that that the world of of I mean not only bubs but you know the world the whole of perps thing that's right the whole thing I, you know going to jail coming out of jail being in jail like, yeah. all like but yeah but you know you're an attractive guy I think so yeah so I what so. what has been going on out here well with now that? well you know and it takes a long time and again you, you say yes you say no until you have to but now I just booked a I just shot a pilot uh, with Ron Perlman mm -hmm. called The Hand of God Amazon mm -hmm. and which is another thing for actors. That is great. It's there's breaking so up. Many, there's so many. There's yeah. so many ways. So on um, the hand of God, Amazon. Uh, it's an Amazon series. I play the mayor. I play Ron Perlman's best friend, and I play the mayor. I got a little corrupt tendencies. They guarantee me I'm not gonna be smoking crack like Marion Barry by season three. That's not gonna happen. But it's a different look. It's yeah. a different feel. And 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 uh, the the movie, the spectacular now. Oh yeah, that got really good. Uh, it was a it was a genre was change. Yeah, it was at Sundance. I it didn't Sundance. see it. it was uh, it really was really good? Really really good. Another another movie that we we grew up in the world of uh, the Breakfast Clubs mm -hmm. and Say Anything mm -hmm. and Fast Time at Richmond High. You can't really mess with this genre. It's been done a billion times. Yeah. How do you make it new and spectacular? Now kind of made it new and relevant to these kids and really kind of great. And I play a teacher. Okay. And only because one of the producers. And this always happens now, which is a good thing. It's getting better. Is that somebody will see a character and go, "Hey, you know what about the bubs?" <laughs> and then at first they go, "They laugh." What right? the junkie? Come on, no, I love him. And then they go, like "This way, well, I do love him." Hey, maybe let's see him. And yeah. then when I go in, they go, "Oh, see, you don't look like you're not, you know, <laughs> you're, you're, you're not real junk." You like, got nice clothes on. Yeah, you got your four shines on again. You know, <laughs> after the first season. Yeah. You know, I would go to HBO parties, which yeah. is great, and all the HBO fights. Sure. They allow yeah. you to go and all that stuff. And, you know, Mark Wahlberg was the first celebrity that, that I remember that came up to me and was dead like, and Mark is kind of an intense dude. He is, yeah. Cool as hell, intense. Yeah. But they had me at the, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the buffet table eating. Yeah. Like, yo, you got a good job now. Yo, clean up your act. Don't go back. <laughs> you're really good at what you do. So, yo, this is a, this is a, a, a different moment. I'm like, yo, what are you thinking, man? He's like, you're not a junkie? I'm like, no, I'm not a fucker. I'm an actor. I grew up in New York. And he's like, oh, man, yo, I swear to God, I thought they grabbed you off the street of Baltimore. I'm like, no, nah, motherfucker, no. But, you know, people <laughs> really thought. Did he think that, 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 that then he say, like, you're even better than I thought you no, were? He was like, yo, just don't go. I don't know. I don't know how you're doing it. If you're taking a little hit, I don't know. But, you know, people, and again, that's a, that's a compliment. And I, and it's I, an I, amazing compliment. Yeah, I, I think it's phenomenal. But you got to make sure that the studios don't think that I'm a fucking insurance risk. <laughs> right. Well, that's the interesting thing about, uh, it, it always baffles me, too, about the media landscape now, is that people, a lot, even intelligent people, cannot tell the difference between reality and fiction. Like, there, there's right. this weird gray area where yeah. something is so gritty or so real, they, like, mm -hmm. assume, like... 
just because of the way everything works now, like that guy's got to be a real it's guy. Be, like, what yeah. the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. The, again, movie magic medium. You know, I'm I'm in everybody's living room every yeah. Sunday, right? And people will come up to me like I'm on a train. Like either they think I'm the real character, or they think I'm like if I ride the train in New York, you know, I fall asleep. It's a long ass ride. I fall asleep. Yeah, people are like, yo, he's either he's high or yo, what you do? Where's your money? Yeah. What happened to you? Yeah. Why yeah. are you riding the train? I'm like, it's the fastest way in the city to get around. <laughs> no, 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 come on, man. You ain't got the you ain't got the Lamborghini. No, I don't know what it's HBO. It's not yeah. network. <laughs> <laughs> but it's quite crazy. I don't know why the fuck people don't. I can't stand people that don't take the train in New York. Can't stand it. It's like the my, best. And oh my, you do feel like cattle. There's certain days. Who you cares? Do, but it's like my manager's like, we're going to take a cab seven blocks. What are yeah, you yeah, out of your fucking big. mind? That's a beast. You take, yeah. It's ridiculous. You don't like Uber? You're not an Uber guy? No, I, but Uber, I don't care. It's like I don't want to be stuck in a fucking car in New York City, no matter what. Well, I will say I got to disagree with you. <laughs> I, like the, I, I like the idea of having the train. But if you ask me, like people ask, do I prefer being stuck when that fucking train stops? So we'll be moving no, shortly. I know, I know. We'll be moving shortly. Yeah, yeah. Or stuck in traffic with my fucking Driving? my radio and right. my air conditioning. I hear you. I, I hear you. I, I'll take the four or five traffic yeah. over stuck in the train. stuck in the F train when, when everything shuts down. Well, as much as I love the train, is one of the reasons I left. <laughs> you know, you say, like you know, at some point you get tired of having a guy right here. Like, right who there. the fuck? Like, what what is, what's happening? Yeah, yeah. The, the, I the gotta one go. The trench coat like this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not that guy again. Yeah. Oh my god! Every he's, morning with that guy. Oh, he just—he still got a little distance <laughs> with his shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I again, New York. You, you just like the opportunity and the yeah. uh, the advantages of having options. Yeah. Especially when you you know I, you you're saying that you don't drink no more and all that stuff. Yeah. You know when, when you get fucked up in L.A. you kind of you're in trouble. Yeah. yeah you, you better know. get a car. You, you gotta get a car <laughs> and that's real expensive from <laughs> from Beverly Hills to Highland Park. Oh, now you better have some money. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, so you're you not know. getting behind the wheel. You're, you're not. Better. Yeah. You just <laughs> you gotta you know, protect and, yourself. And in, in New York, you got the train, sure. you got the bus, got you got a cab. cab, you got the. They'll you know, get mad at you. They get mad. You do, you know. Yeah. So you what? Do, you jump out the yellow cab. Yeah. No disrespect, guys, but y'all, they didn't, they didn't want to drop us off. So every once in a while, we just be like, yeah, drop me off here. Well, but, I'm glad you're doing well, man. Thank you, man. It's thank a you very honor much. Honor talking to you. I appreciate it. I had a great time. Wow. Right. What a great guy. What a great conversation. I, I was buzzed for three hours after I talked to him. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. Go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF pod needs. Get some merch, Christmas presents, whatever you got to do. Enjoy. Read the blog. Leave a comment. Do what you got to do. Get that app. Listen to Leslie Jones. She's something else, man. Uh, yeah, get the free app and upgrade and you can get all, you can stream all the stuff. Oh my God, enough plugging. Enough plugging. Right? What are we doing? Is this a tradition now? Yeah.
I think I I think that was a little indulgent. Boomer lives.